This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona. Mike is the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. For more information about MICA, call 602-956-5276 or visit www.mica-insurance.com. Hi, I am Dr. Karini Vinales, board member of the Maricopa County Medical Society and an associate program director for the Endocrinology Fellowship Program of the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix. Welcome to our Arizona Physician Podcast. I hope you enjoy our talks. If we talk of Arizona alone, we have like 855,000 caregivers providing care to the family. And the cost of it, if we consider it a at a minimum wage for consideration runs to like something like 9.4 billion dollars worth this is not actually paid services these are unpaid services done at the family level but if we evaluate them into monetary form it will be equivalent to 9.4 billion dollars and this this is for arizona Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Arizona Physician Podcast today. My name is Edward Araujo. I will be your host for this episode. In this episode, our guest will be Prakash Kotecha, MD, public health and nutrition expert that has extensive experience in providing technical assistance for system strengthening and capacity building. Dr. Kotecha is currently the program outreach coordinator for Asian Pacific Community in Action. It was a recent contributor on Arizona Physicians Spring 2020 issue that went out to over 12,600 physicians in Arizona. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kotecha. Thank you, Edward. You know, you wrote wrote an article with uh, Dominique Perkins in the Spring 2020 issue of Arizona Physician titled, Empowering Women Through Caregiver Training. As a physician and working at, you know, nonprofit uh, organizations such as Asian Pacific Community in Action, why is caregiver training important? I'll begin with a little background on APCA. APCA was formed in the year 2002 by Dr. Kelly Su, who was a founder member. And we are trying to cover Asian Pacific Islanders community. Basically, the idea is to provide them the guidance for better health. And our focus among Asian, again, is on low-income people who are not able to speak English very well and we aim to make them happy and healthy. So the best way to do is is to provide guidance and services that will satisfy them. So we work at uh, service level, primarily giving them the guidance and hand-holding for registering health insurance, ACA, kids care, and access in the language that Asians speak, not in English. And therefore, we get a lot of people who come to us for all this. We also educate them for their rights. We also work in the areas of oral health. Providing oral health as part of total health is very important. Advocacy is the main function we are doing right now. Our APCA manager is the chair for Arizona Arizona Oral Health Coalition. And we work in various other areas of health like diabetes, hepatitis B, and a very ambitious project of all of us initiated by National Institute of Health. They expect 
over 1 million people to be enrolled for uh, for a 10 years or longer prospective study. Now, coming to caregivers training, caregivers training among Asian women, particularly poor Asian women who are not able to speak English very well, is very important to us in many ways. This will give them the actual training and services that they are already offering as Asian women take care of their family members, their elders, their parents, and the needy people in the family. And this training will empower them to be able to do it better. On the other hand, with the training and at the end of the training, a certification will make them eligible for actual income generating activities and they will able to, they'll be able to reach out to more people in the community who speak the same language and thus caregiver training will overall empower them financially, socially and professionally. You know, the article starts off by sharing how Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders have become the fastest growing minority group in the U.S. Do you know why that's the case? Yeah, uh, United States uh, liberal policy allows every citizen and permanent residents to sponsor their parents and siblings to join them in USA. And most young Asians who have settled in USA, either as permanent residents or citizens, prefer to invite their parents and their siblings to join them in USA for their traditional family values on one side, because culturally Asians live together with their parents and their kids. So that is one side of it. And on the other side, we all know the United States is the land of opportunities and they would like their family members to join. You know, uh, elderly Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders are growing at an even faster rate. What physical, mental and cultural issues do elderly members of this population face? Aging and growing faster has many issues on US economy, on social security, at present, we have about 3.5 people working for every one retired person. And by 2060, we would have only two and a half persons working for every retired person. So life expectancy has increased from 70 years to 80 years. And this means elderly is going at a much, much faster rate. Even 65 and above growing very fast, 85 and above growing even faster. Among Asian immigrants, it's much worse than the general US population. Most of these seniors, immigrants who have not worked in their lifetime in US and have come as invited parents by the people who are working in US, they have no knowledge of English language. They have not worked in the United States and therefore they are not eligible for social security. Neither they are eligible for Medicaid. And therefore, they have multiple issues. They miss their cultural background. They miss their freedom because they can't drive, they can't move out, they can't speak English. Since they can't earn and they can't drive, they are large, largely confined to home environment and lose their self-esteem. Depression and diseases are much higher among them because of all these reasons. Do you see that to be a disadvantage to them in, in any form? Disadvantage to a great extent because, I mean, they, 
would have probably been able to contribute more where they able to speak and we had they had some social security support mm -hmm. and when it comes to diseases uh, even even their family members the younger ones not everyone are earning a lot of money and when they, when they don't have medical insurance uh, they are tempted to not lead them to medical profession because that would cost them a fortune and therefore they often ignore the signs and symptoms and end up getting more diseases i see you know the national center on caregiving says 65 percent of seniors with long-term care needs rely on family fr and friends for assistance and 66 percent of the caregivers are female uh, i remember when you know my maternal grandmother lived with us and my mother was her primary caregiver uh, until she needed help my mother couldn't provide it anymore she helped her mother because it was expected and because she didn't want the expense of hiring someone from in-home care or needing to place my grandmother in an assisted living facility. Do you hear similar situations from, you know, members of the AANHPI population? Yes, Edward. This is almost a university story. Every Asian family member with a senior member has exactly similar story to tell. Most of them have their extended families with their elder parents as part of the family where the couple lives and the children and with their parents. So parents need care and they speak their native language and not English. They have not worked and they will not accept English speaking caregiver at all. Nor would they be working adults, children leave them. And therefore the children leave them only with the family members and they will not be ready to leave them at a caregiver facility where English is their common language and again where money would be charged for that. This means that one or the other family member and more often the lady member will have to sacrifice their job either totally or partially in care for the family. This is a very very common scenario in our, our setup. If we talk of Arizona alone we have like 855,000 uh, caregivers providing care to the family and the cost of it, if we consider it a, at a minimum wage for consideration, runs to like something like $9.4 billion worth. This is not actually paid services. These are unpaid services done at the family level, but if we evaluate them into monetary form, it will be equivalent to $9.4 billion. And this, this is for Arizona. Well, we're talking with Dr. Kotecha. After the break, we'll return and continue talking about some of his work at Asian Pacific Community in Action. This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona, the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. As a physician-led mutual, MICA has been Arizona's choice for medical professional liability insurance for nearly 45 years. We provide value to members with superior claims handling and exceptional risk management programs. Call us today for a quote or visit our website to learn more about MICA's premium coverage options and outstanding service. 602-956-5276 or www.mica-insurance.com. We've been talking with Dr. Prakash Kotecha from Asian Pacific Community in Action. 
Dr. Kotecha and his team at APCA are working hard putting together caregiver training. Dr. Kotecha, let's focus on Arizona and your work at APCA with caregiver training. What need is APCA currently filling? The focus of APCA in general is to provide services to Asian American and Native Hawaiian, and, and we want to make sure that we can not only just provide the services, but we empower them to be able to do better for their own health. So caregivers training project was started with the support from grant from Arizona Community Foundation and Asian Women's Giving Circle initially. And we had a Pan-American Senior and Family Caregiver Forum held in the month of February 2018. Over 100 participants attended this. And Dr. Lily Liu and Suzanne Wong from AARP, along with local experts, conducted this. And we did a need assessment study after this seminar because that was the recommendation. And they all strongly endorsed that there is a strong need of caregivers who can speak Asian language and serve the family members in culturally competent environment with the language that they speak. And that's how we started to have more detailed plan for a caregiver study. So we did a need assessment study and we need this need assessment study was limited to Chinese and Vietnamese volunteers. And it came out distinctly clear that they need somebody who can, who can serve their family, their parents, and they cannot pay a lot of money. So we need to provide caregivers relatively at a cheaper rate. Mm -hmm. We want to provide them the caregivers who will be like their friends. They'll be listening to their stories. They'll be helping them in other normal cores and, and help them in cooking and everything. So with the guidance from Dr. Kelly Sue and Jamie Flesher, who are our senior guide and members, APCA partnered with an accredited caregiver training institute, which is named as Endeavor Training Institute, and they will be training our participants. Training Institute is located in Phoenix. They have the training modules are actually as per the Department of Arizona Department of Public Health, and that runs into three big modules, two modules for learning and the third module for skill development and it runs into 500 pages and it is in English. So this training institute has simplified it into 15 PowerPoint uh, presentations which can simply be learned and this can be done in much shorter time. So APCA is in the process of translating these 15 modules from English into Chinese and Vietnamese we are done with uh, Vietnamese translation, again, with the help of Jamie Flesher and Mr. Wan, who has been able to help us a lot in translation. And once the Vietnamese translation is done, we are trying to go and get this translated into Chinese language as well. So the training we hope to conduct in Asian language, to begin with Vietnamese, then Chinese, and then other languages, However, the certification is an essential component to really empower them 
and this certification is only possible in English testing and therefore the trainers will also try to sensitize them a little bit on English and be able to equip them with the knowledge that will allow them to be able to appear in exam and pass the certification, though the detailed learning will be in the local language. So beyond Vietnamese and Chinese, what other top five, six languages do you foresee APCA, you know, moving into training caregivers in? Korean, Hindi, Japanese, these are the other languages in line. And is that something that you, uh, you'll end up needing uh, volunteers for, or will that come from the team uh, at APCA? No, we uh, look for volunteers. We have a very small team in APCA, but we look for volunteers. We are fortunate because we have been serving them in the areas of health and insurance. We do find some volunteers to come forward. That's great. Could you describe the training program, including the length of the training and what it involves? Yeah, the training program uh, is, is, as I told you, the three modules, but the training will be conducted by the Endeavor Training Institute, and they would subsidize APCA clients because we have been uh, working with them and we have partnered with them. Okay. The training is basically for one week. The training duration totally lasts about 62 hours. 20 hours of this can be done remotely on the computer or on a library setup. But other 42 hours will have to be classroom instructions and skill development because the caregiver's training is all a matter of developing skills to be able to really help the seniors. So that portion they will have to do at the institute. The cost of this training will be uh, covered by Asian Pacific Community in Action, our organization to begin with. And at a later date, when more and more clients come up and we start uh, placing them, we hope to have partial funding from them too. But to begin with, we will be completely funding them. Of course, the Institute also is subsidizing it to some extent, but uh, the participants who will be joining will not be paying any money for the training and we will be completely training them at our expenses and then we hope that uh, more more agencies join us in this noble work and at the end we will be able to make it self-sufficient for them because they also would have income generative uh, situations once they are trained we do plan to have pre and post assessment questionnaire to be able to document to the wider uh, people, other organizations in the scientific world to see how useful it turns out to be. Thank you, Dr. Kotecha, for your time and participation on this episode of Arizona Physician Podcast. My if you're interested in learning more about APCA and the work that they do for our communities, please visit www.apcaaz.org or you can call 602-265-4598. You've been listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Interested in being a guest on Arizona Physician Podcast? Do you have a topic of conversation all physicians in Arizona should hear about? Let us know. Reach us at 
www.arizonaphysician.com, email us at information at arizonaphysician.com, or you can call us at 602-417-2303. Thank you. Founded in 1892, Maricopa County Medical Society is a strong collective physician voice. Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.